Thank you for listening to the Grace Church Podcast, where you can find teachings, Bible studies, and words of encouragement for any season. For more resources, you can go to graceorlando.com. All right, let's go ahead and pray. Father, we just thank you. We just ask, Lord, that you would just speak to us in such a profound way in this day and age that we live in. And Lord, that what comes out of our life first and foremost is love. And we just thank you for it in the name of Jesus. Amen. So I've been processing something for the last week. And um, I did a little study just to see the day and the age that we're in, the times that we're in. And this scripture is what came up to me. And uh, I'm going to break it down for you. So it's found in Matthew 24, 7. And it says, nation will rise against nation. Nation will rise against nation. Okay, so let me break this down real quick for you. So the word nation is ethnos, where we get the word race. Rise is egirio, which means to awaken out of a sleep. Against is epi, which means to set above. And then, of course, nation is ethnos, which means race. So what this is saying is that Each individual race will be trying to set itself above every other race as a domineering power. I think it's pretty accurate of what we're living in. And And it says, in the last days, nation will rise against nation. Well, you know, Javen's been talking about being a peacemaker, right? If we're listening to his sermons, he's talking about a peacemaker. I think he's right on track. What... I wanted to do today, as I feel like the Lord is leading me, is he wants us to return back to our first love. We've gotten distracted with a whole bunch of things, and it happens to the best of us. And he wants us to return to our first love. I'm not going to tell you about you need to love other people. I want to tell you about how much God loves you and let that change you so that you're able in this day and age, in these times, to love other people when it almost seems impossible. Let's go over a couple of definitions for love. The first one, Greek, agape, unconditional love. I mean, is it really unconditional? There's always a but, you know. Yeah, God loves you, but no, it's unconditional. Why? God is love. That's how the apostle John defined him. God is love. So if you want to know what love is like, just look at God. And remember, Jesus said, hey, if you want to know what the Father's like, if you've seen me, you've seen him. And look what Jesus did. He never turned away a sinner. Not one sinner did he ever turn away. Here, let me let, me let you on just a little something. You receiving God's goodness has nothing to do with your behavior. Because if it is, what you did last week all, all, already has, has disqualified you for the week after. Right? Makes sense. Now, I'm not saying how we live our lives doesn't matter. Absolutely not. But it doesn't start with us. It starts with him and him loving us and validating us. So here's my favorite, the Hebrew word, ahava. Everybody say ahava. In the strong concordance, it will be ahav, but that's how the Jews pronounce it. Ahava. I like it. It sounds better that way. Okay? And It's an aleph, it is a hey, and it's a bet. 
If you take the Aleph and the, and the Bet and put it together, it means Father. And He, which is the center, which is the heart, the Father's heart is revealed. That's what love is. The Father's heart is revealed. Do you know Jesus is the heart of God? And God the Father took out His heart and laid it down to be trampled on so that we would escape judgment. Yes, thank you, Jesus. And just think about this for a second. Read the book of Psalms. The most precious thing to the Father is His Son. And He gave up His Son for us. So we're included in that. We're, we're one of the most precious things to Him as well. See, it's the sense of you knowing who you are. You want to know the definition of who you are? You are loved and validated by the Father. And that's all that needs to be said because nothing that man can give you can equate or equal to what God the Father can give you. So let's talk about the finished work and what it produces. You know what the finished work produces? God freely given, freely giving, freely giving, freely giving. Oh, you think he's done? Freely given, freely given, freely given. It is to no end. Are you hearing me? God giving to you is to no end. Listen, the best blessings I ever got are when I messed up the greatest. I was struggling with a porn addiction for many, many, many years. And in the midst of that porn addiction, he gave me a beautiful wife. You know, it was funny. I was having a conversation with Pastor Matt and Pastor uh, Gabe. And I was sharing with them how I had this unforgiveness for all these years with these people that were in church. And it just kept attacking me and attacking me and attacking me. And all of a sudden, somebody blessed us with a vacation. We hadn't had a vacation in years. I didn't even know what a vacation looked like. And guess what ended up happening? Somebody paid for our vacation. Listen, to the detail, they paid for the airfare. They paid for the hotel. And let me tell you, it was the nicest hotel on Santa Monica Beach, California. They, they gave us spending money. They paid for our rental car. Everything paid for. And God did a work in me through him giving me that goodness that led me to repentance where I went back and asked for forgiveness from that whole family, even though they were the ones who did me wrong. That's what the goodness of God can do. It can do greater than we could ever even conjure up to make things right. The finished work. So let's look at creation. Listen to this. I found this very interesting. So basically God creates everything. He makes man last and then he puts man in this garden called Eden, which really is translated paradise. He made him last. Why? He didn't want man to have any involvement in the work to get it done. He wanted to do it himself and then put them in a finished work so that they could enjoy it because that's the Father's heart revealed. Like I've heard people in the past, are like, oh, I built this ministry, I built that ministry, I built this, I built that. No, you didn't. <laughs> if it was not for the grace of God, and a lot of people, people don't even realize it's the grace of God, but it was the grace of God that helped them to do whatever it is that they did. And then they turn around and try to take credit for it. No, all glory goes to him. So listen to this. This is where we're going to look at freely. And this is in uh, Genesis 2.16. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, of every tree of the garden, you may freely eat. Of every tree of the garden, you may freely eat. Nothing was withheld. Freely. Listen to this word for freely. Shenan. It means to be devoid of cost. To be devoid of cost. Hey, and just because it's no cost to you doesn't mean he didn't pay a price for it. Yeah. 
freely. Listen, I want your minds to be changed to where you start to see that God wants to give you freely and it has nothing to do with your behavior. And when he does do that and you receive the goodness of God, it will lead you to repentance in that area and set you free. So that was on the creation side. Here's on the redemption side. He didn't spare his own son, but he delivered him up for us all. How shall he not give us all things freely? His son finished the work. By the way, Jesus created everything, so he finished the work in the garden. And again, here, through redemption, he finishes the work. Now, there's, there's two words. You already know freely. It's devoid of cost. Okay, but listen to this word right here. Spared not his own son. It's the Greek word phidiomahi. And it literally means that he did not escape judgment. God didn't let his son slide for our sins. He made sure his son didn't escape judgment. And Jesus said, I willingly lay down my life for the sheep. Finished. It's finished. What do, what do we not understand about it's finished? The work has been done. Everything that you could never do, he already did. Now he wants you to enjoy your life and quit striving and straining to build your own life when he already has the most amazing life for you. Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans that I have for you. You don't know? Because there's another scripture that says no one can even fathom the good things that the Lord has for those who love him. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans of good and not disaster. See, out of his mouth aren't coming two different things, as we talked about the other week. He's just speaking blessing and blessing and blessing and blessing. Do you know why? Because when Jesus hung on that cross, he spoke curse after curse after curse. And Jesus took the curse and Jesus took the curse and Jesus took the curse. It says that he became, became a curse so that you could have everything given freely to you. Come on, let's be real. Your kids, don't you want to give them everything? I mean, you, you want to give them your heart's desire for them? Especially a lot of us, you know, I don't have kids, but a lot of you that have kids, it's like, you know what you didn't have growing up, and you want to make sure that they had it. That's what my dad always told me. He worked hard so that we would have the things that he didn't get to have. And if us being evil, and when I say that, it's talking about unsaved man, know how to give good gifts to their children, how much more the Heavenly Father knows how to give good gifts to those who ask Him? Listen, asking is always a foundation of grace because you know it doesn't depend on you. You're asking out of His grace and mercy that He gives it to you. Okay, so I have this saying here, and it's going to be a little bit hard to swallow, right? We, that's why I made sure all the little things were removed so nobody could throw anything at me. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Listen to this. Oh, before, I, I lost this train of thought, but now I'm back to it. Um, when I was talking to Matt and uh, Gabe about, you know, how basically I had all this unforgiveness, but God still blessed me. And, he goes, and Gabe was like, Eric, man, it almost sounds like, you know, you need to have unforg unforgiveness to be blessed. And I laughed. And I went back and I really thought about what he said. 
Here's the thing. Let us never think that there's something that we've done to be blessed. Because if you're counting and equating it based on what you do, if you fail, and that's the law, by the way. Mm -hmm. If you break one law, you break them all, so you can't be blessed. So even when you are doing good, which is by His grace, don't ever think it's you have done, done, been doing good by His grace, thinking that's what got you the blessing. Matter of fact, there is something special about when we have an area in our life that we are totally failing at. And he loves to come in and give us the grace we don't deserve. And it changes and transforms that area of our life. Listen to this. Christianity isn't first and foremost about living out God's word. I've already been down that road. Seven years, memorized as much as I could, applied as much as I could. And do you know what's happened at the end of it all? <clears throat> Sounds very noble. See, if you're doing that, all your time is spent trying to do something instead of what we're getting ready to talk about right now. Listen to this. But sitting on our father's lap, you know, we're so terrified of intimacy with him because we still have wrong ways of thinking that we can't just go sit in his lap and just be who we are with all of our garbage. We know it in theory, but practically we don't know it because we don't really spend the time there. To sit in your father's lap, and there's two things you need from him. Number one, him loving you. Number two, his validation. Because if you don't get those things from him, you'll go searching in the world to give him. And man is fallen, okay? Or they're just jacked up, and they can't give you what only he can give you. You know what validation, it's the same thing. It means approval. You know, listen to this. This was really interesting. Um, it would be the word sealed, spregidzo, where it's like you're sealed with the Holy Spirit. Guess what it means? It's like a mint coin that puts an impression and you're sealed and approved of your father. You don't need to go get that from anywhere else. And you can be in church your whole life and been doing all these things that you think are good. Hey, trust me, I've been in there. But Getting that from him is worth more than anything you could ever do. See, you want to know who you are? You are loved and validated by the Father. You don't need to go anywhere else from it. Drink water from your own well, and he's your well. Jesus is the well. He was the water of life. There was a young woman uh, when I used to be in the children's ministry in New York City, and... They had given me a site that they hadn't opened before, and it was Hamill Houses in the Rockaways, basically the projects. So how many knows I didn't fit in? I didn't fit in. But I went in there and started showing up every week for these kids. And you know what? First, the kids fall in love with you. Then their older brothers and sisters fall in love with you. Then their parents fall in love with you. And you've got the whole family. And now you have an access to bring them the gospel. So anyways, uh, there was this young lady. She was probably about 19 years old. Her name was Rose, African-American girl. And she would sit there and smoke her weed and drink her 40 and just watch the program every week. That's what, you know, I mean, I've been in these places. I know that this is what goes on, I mean, you know. So one day I went up to her and I said, hey, why don't you start helping me out? See, 
People don't care what you know until they know how much you care. And by asking her to help, I gave her love and value, and it did something to her. And guess what her response was? Yes. So I gave her just little menial tasks to do every week when we came up. And as I got to know her more and more, basically she told me her story. I think at, at like 16, she dropped out of you know, high school, and basically she had no prospects. Her whole family lived in the projects. And I, and I let her get up higher and higher and higher. You know what? Every week, all I did was love on her and validate her. And guess what? The weed went away. The 40s went away. The way that she talked, the way that she walked. This was over a process. I was doing this for like a year. And she just changed by being loved and validated. It wasn't her trying to take and, and live out the word of God. She was living it out already based on the love and validation she was getting. The greatest changes I've ever seen in people, including myself, are based on being loved and validated. And then once you know who you are, you're loved and validated, you're a son or a daughter, guess what? Now you can walk out the instruction that's left behind in his word for you. Yeah, because I did all that applying the word of God in my life because that was really big back in the 2000s. And um, I was still a mess on the inside. Looked good on the outside. I had it together. Everybody thought, oh, that's a man of God. And we use mighty man of God terms and things like that, which is all rubbish. And, and, you know, I don't believe in a mighty man of God. I don't believe in that. I believe in one, Jesus, and we're all just sons and daughters. Mm -hmm. That's it. And so anyways... So there's this story about the prodigal son. And you can, you, there's different ways that you can flip it. Some people think it's for an unbeliever. Some people think, well, they were already, he was already a son, so it's for a believer. However you want to, that's fine. I'm not here to debate that. I'm just going to show one side of it today. So do you know the word prodigal means reckless? The son's reckless spending was outdone by the father's reckless giving. In other words, where sin abounds, grace superabounds. Do you know who was in the audience of Jesus preaching this? Oh, he was preaching. There was a group of Pharisees, which represent the older brother, and then there were the sinners, which represented the younger brother. Two-fold story here, but we're only going to stay to the younger brother. And they had all gathered around, close to Jesus. They wanted to hear what he had to say. How is it that he had something about him that people who were just deviled up in sin wanted to be around him? But the Pharisees stood off on a far and just listened in, waiting that they might find some kind of accusation. So it starts off with a certain man had two sons. The word certain is the Greek word tis, which means this is an actually true story in the region that they were living in. And he was using a story, said, you want to know what the father's like? He's just like this. So basically, his father has his son come to him, and he says, Give, divide my goods onto me now. In that culture, that would have been saying, because they can't get their money until the father passes. There has to be a blessing done before the father passes, and then the money's given after the father dies. Basically, he was saying, Father, drop dead already and give me my, my portion. And when you see the response of the father, you know this is supernatural. This isn't something natural. So 
The son gets his, his portion. He goes off, riotous living, and he comes to his end where he's about to eat pig slop. And he says, man, my father and his servants at the house, man, they have plenty to eat. And here I am and in want. I know what I'll do. This is us. I know what I'll do. I'll go back and tell the father, hey, I've sinned against heaven and earth and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. You never made yourself his son, so you have no right to say you could never not be his son or daughter. When you're born, you're born. You got your father's blood to the day you die. So he comes back. He's got this spiel he's going to say. And all he, he doesn't care about nothing about a stomach. I just need food. He never told his father that he was sorry. He never told his father that he was sorry. He was thinking about his stomach and how he could get food and he could go and work with the other hired servants so he could have food and enough to eat. So he's coming to his father and his father sees him a great way off. And when his father sees him, his heart is moved with compassion. And then it says he runs. So the word run is the Greek word treko. It's a picture of an Olympic runner going fast as they can. Now, do you know, and I want you to get this right here. Do you know that the clothing that they wore, in order for the father to run like that, he would have had to pull up his clothing up to his waist and partially expose himself. But the father didn't care about carrying shame. For a son, he cared more about his son. And then when he got there, it says he fell on him and he kissed him. Catafileho. And it's in the present tense that he's kissing him and kissing him and kissing him and kissing him and kissing him. What do you think's going through this boy's mind when he's getting the treatment? I mean, think about it. His father was running. You don't think for a second he's like, oh man, dad's going to bring the whooping this time. You know what I'm saying? I mean, if you just think about it for a second. I remember one time uh, our, dog, our dog Jade, uh, Kim was walking it and like she wasn't doing what she was supposed to do. And she was like, Jade, get over here. And I'm, and I'm like, you really think she's going to come to that? You know what I mean? So here comes the father and he's running as fast as he can. Man, dad's lost it. He's, he's exposed himself. What's going on here? And then he falls on him and he kisses on him over and over. And it, see, in those moments, we don't have any words because we're experiencing something that isn't of this world. So it gives the spiel. Father, sinned against heaven and earth, not wor long, no longer worthy to be called your son, and he cuts him off. Doesn't even let him finish. And you know what he said? Bring the best robe. Protostole. The best robe. So do you know what this robe was for? It was the older son's robe, which had the main inheritance. And when any time an honored guest would come in, they would give him that robe to put on. He was treating him better than he ever dreamed or imagined that the father would treat him. He, he couldn't fathom in any way whatsoever that he would do this for him. That's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. The goodness we get when we don't deserve it. Bring the best robe and put it on him. And put a ring on his hand. Dactulios. So basically, this ring would be on the right hand, and it would basically have a signet uh, indention on it of that family. 
that would be recognized at any vendor. Basically, he gave him the platinum card that he, that he had already spent. He gave it to him all over again. The goodness of God leads you to repentance. And then, last but not least, he put shoes on his feet. So there's two Greek words for shoes. There's this one, hupodema, and there's another one called sandalion. Sandalion is the... Uh, Low, it's like it's like it's like the it's like the supermarket budget sneaker, <laughs> opposed to going going you know getting going to Champs and getting a hundred and sixty dollar Air Jordan, make sense? And he says, put shoes on his feet. Do you know what those that word hupadema means? It means to secure. That his standing was secure with his father. Wow. And then you know what he did? He said. Bring the fatted calf here. My son that was lost is now found. Bring the fatted calf here. They had another sanitary place on another part of the property that they would have cut up sacrifices or offerings or even food at that place. But he said, no, bring it here in front of my son because I want my son to see the price that was paid for him to get everything that he just got. Father, we just thank you. We thank you that we're leaving here different than we came in and that your grace will produce in us a spirit of excellence on how we live our lives. Not perfect, but it'll be different than what the world has and they'll see what we have and they'll want to know and that will give us a lifeline to their hearts that we can win them over and the grace of God can grip them and bring them over to the family as well. I just thank you as we go out and we're in our daily routine that we remember how much you love us so that we can show that love to this world that is broken, dying, and hurting. And we thank you for it. In the name of Jesus, amen.